Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Hello and welcome to April. No fooling here. We are the Illini Guys, Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. Another crazy week. Underwood gets an extension. Curbelo gets to step in. Another football recruit gets to committing. Baseball gets to playing. Pujols gets to returning. And the final four gets to tipping. We get all that. We'll get that in the last two hours here. Next two hours. Let's start the win New Orleans. It's final four weekend. Duke and North Carolina. Villanova and Kansas. A record 60 final four appearances among this quartet. And judging by the submissions on the IlliniGuys.com $1,000 bracket challenge, these are not the teams anyone expected. That leaderboard is like a wasteland. Um, interesting matchups, nonetheless. Uh, guys, first off, your thoughts on the tournament overall. Um, in my opinion, it has shown once again why this is the best sporting event every year. Yeah, I agree. It's great. Um, I was, I thought those first two rounds, and even in the Sweet 16 games, were fantastic. The Elite Eight games were eh, not very good, but it's a great event. But what you see is guards win. And every at the end of games, the teams that have guards that can make plays off the bounce win these games. I mean, you know, you've seen guys, whether it's the, the Duke guard, whether it's Caleb Love on R.J. Davis on North Carolina, and no matter if you talk about the Kansas guards, I mean, Remy Martin coming back has been huge for them. But every team that is in there is there, you know, Gillespie from uh, from Villanova. They have guards that make plays at the end of games, and, and that's what you have to have. Guards win in March. Yeah, and the other thing that I noticed from this tournament is if I pick the team, they lose. So <laughs> I'm going to come right out and say that, folks, I feel 100% confident in Duke over UNC. <laughs> that's because that's I will good. tell you, I don't know that I've ever had a tournament, and I've had some bad ones in terms of picks over the years, but this may set a new all-time low threshold for me. Uh, you and me both. I looked at my, uh, my picks and I think, um, I, I think I maxed out at 47 points, which I will, if you may be my all-time worst, I've never done that, that poorly. I'm going to blame a lot of guys in the sports spectacular because I don't spend as much time like I used to, that's, 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 that's my story. And I'm, I'm sticking to it, you know, but listen with this Duke team. Um, this is a team that I think most of America doesn't want to win. Everyone has their reasons. Um, we've talked about the white Jersey theory and it's Mike Krzyzewski and it's his final run. And the refs are going to do this and this. I haven't watched every Duke game that closely, but I did watch the second half of the two games uh, in the sweet 16 and elite eight. And I thought this was going down to what Brad, what you said, Duke just made plays down the stretch in both games. Uh, to win those games. I didn't see any funky stuff with the referees. This was just Duke players making plays and getting the win. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Duke just got stuff done. I, yeah. I, you know, they, they didn't miss a shot in the final nine minutes the other day and against the, against arguably the best defensive team in the country. So that's fantastic basketball. Um, and credit to them for the way they're playing. They didn't need the referees. Although I'm sure if they did, they would be right there to help out old Coach K, you know, because he's been so nice to them over the years. Yeah. It, well, you know, it, it, it's hard to throw rocks with, at, 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 when a team hits everything. But, you know, ultimately, this is what I was worried about with any of these young teams that have a ton of talent. 
you know, if Kentucky's youngsters all start playing well together and they get confidence, they could be tough on any given night or any given weekend. And even Michigan, you know, they've got some talent if they could put it all together. And then you get this Duke team, the last thing that these other teams wanted was Duke to get some confidence and have these kids playing like up to their, you know, playing at the same level as their physical talent. And now they've got their confidence. Uh, I'm afraid it's going to be ugly. <laughs> okay. But on the other, other side of that, what is it about North Carolina? I'm almost positive that maybe the first time all time, uh, at least the first time in my lifetime, which again, Guild of 64 is in my lifetime. I'm, I'm getting old now. Um, that we've had the same school reach the final four more than once as the eight seed because Carolina did it back. I think it was like Bill Guthridge in like 2000 or something. They did this um, and Wisconsin was also an eight seed and they went in. What is it about North Carolina getting hot late? Um, this is a team that, that was okay during the season, but they have really found their game. It seemed like in the Baylor game and they've taken it from there. Well, I think North Carolina has talent. I mean, they have a ton of talent on that team. They just have not put it all together. They didn't mesh. They've had, they have a short bench. So in the grind of a season, sometimes that short bench can catch up with you. But then when you get into the tournament and you got to play in a day and then you get four days off and then you go play, I, I think they're fresher. They don't need the bench. You get extra long timeouts on, on the uh, CBS telecast, right? You've got the, the time Underwood mentioned, they're like five minutes long each time. So so you have a little rest, and so so maybe they're fresher. But I, I just think that the talent is stepped up, and they're competing now. When they early in the season, they just didn't really care. And maybe that's not good good news, you know. Um, ultimately, for the long term prospects of of uh, North Carolina's coach, because Bill Guthridge had that first um, really really uh, good season, you know, and then all of a sudden. Uh, you know, he didn't last very long. So maybe Hubert Davis might be going, well, wait a minute. This, this is some bad luck that I'm walking along here. But, but I think Brad hit it on the head. You know, they've got talent. They got it all together. And, and we see that the talent that they were um, predicted to have wasn't overrated. Just how they played together and how they were coached was. And it took a little longer to gel. And, um, <clears throat> you know, meanwhile at Michigan, Jawan Howard still got the gel, the jello in the little mold in the refrigerator, and it's apparently still not time. <laughs> Jawan Howard's just happy Will Smith took the heat off him. Um, yeah, exactly. so the other game, Kansas <laughs> Villanova, it's had to get that one in. It was so early in the show, I got it in already. Uh, <laughs> Kansas Villanova, uh, your thoughts on on this matchup? Uh, um, Kansas is a team that kind of just went along, and and they don't get the the ton of five stars that they used to. <laughs> Um, but boy, this, this was a great job by Bill Self to get this team here and, and they have a shot now to win it all. Yeah. I, I like this matchup now with Villanova. Here's the only scary part about Villanova. Every, when teams lose a key player and Villanova obviously lost a key player last game, they tend to have one game where they other guys just play out of their minds one game. And that, that this could be the game. I mean, they, they come out and they're just crazy hot and they went and then they get beat by 15 or 20 on Monday because they can't match up. So that's kind of my thought process is if Villanova comes out and has that game, the, the one game when everybody raises their game to make up for the injured guy. Yeah, I can see them winning. Otherwise, I think Kansas wins this game. But, you know, that's 
as we've seen in this tournament, predictions are worth about uh, not much. Not much. I don't know what they're <laughs> actually, worth. Actually, actually, mine Brad, are definitely not worth anything. Brad, mine are worth a lot because if you would take my picks off of our off of our shows and went to your bookie and did the opposite of what I said, you would be a very wealthy man. So <laughs> if you take a look at that, I actually am thinking Kansas is going to win, which means put everything you've got on Villanova. And I think Duke is going to win. So put everything on UNC. And and then if I predict UNC to beat Kansas, then, um, you know, who know, who knows? I don't know. It's just one of those things. So give me, give me your picks. Who wins it all Monday night? I, I actually, um, I like Kansas to win it all this year. I, I just think, I think UNC um, is playing the best of anybody, but I think Kansas, that second half the other day, you saw what they can do. And I, I just think they're right now, they're clicking They're They have the coach um, who's, they have a coach who's been there and have done it. And I think if Villanova was fully healthy, I'd like them in that matchup, but I don't, right now, I think Kansas is the team. Yeah. And, and I really got to say that Duke's probably going to win it and, if it gets close, you can start watching for the referees to call the foul 25 feet from the basket on the other side when somebody is within, let's say, oh, two feet of, an, of a Duke player and they'll get called for that off-ball foul. But um, I'm, I'm, I've, res- I've, I've basically kind of reserved myself to the fact that we're going to see Coach K win again and then have to listen to that and one shining moment and then I'll throw up. I'm, I'm going to make the guarantee based on the Dirty Dozen that has never missed. It's 11 and 0. The only Dirty Dozen team left is Duke. And even though I think Duke is playing exceptional basketball right now, I'm going to stick to the numbers, the matrix that says Duke cannot win. You better be right, Larry. So, uh, yeah, here it is. I'm, 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 it's, it's out there. And you can read all about it on IlliniGuys.com on the front page. We've got stories on that. What Mike was talking about, the white jersey theory. We will see if the fix is in uh, at, in New Orleans very quickly. We, we'll show you kind of what to look for on the white jersey theory. That's on the front page of lineiguys.com. I'll go Kansas uh, beating Duke Monday night. So good stuff. Hey, lots happening around the Illinois basketball program. Another extension for Coach Brad Underwood and a departure of former Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year, Andre Corbello. We'll talk about it next on the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Glad you're with us on the Sports Spectacular. This newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank. Hard to imagine any department that's been busier than the Illini basketball offices. Uh, let's start at the top. Head coach Brad Underwood this week getting a raise uh, last fall with the new deal, but after winning a share of the program's first Big Ten regular season championship since 2005, and some interest appears from some other schools, possibly athletic director Josh Whitman tearing up that contract and giving Underwood a new contract, an extra year on his deal that keeps him in Champaign. 
uh, Brad, through the 2027-2028 season? Yeah, you, you look at these things, and it's just an extension. You just show that you're going to keep him there. It's not a huge pay, pay increase. I think there's a little bit more in the retention bonus. and But the buyout's still huge if he wants to go somewhere else. I mean, it's still the same way. It's a, you know $11 or $12 million buyout or whatever if he wants to leave or, or if they want to fire him. So it, it kind of puts both sides in, in the situation where, you know, you're, you're, you're married now. So it's time to time to, you got to stick together and, and no more um, kind of perusing with uh, anyone else. So um, I, I do think this is important to have stability in this program. Brad Underwood's had, you know, most big 10 wins in the past uh, three years, had a couple of really quality uh, seasons, won a big 10 title, big 10 tournament title, hasn't had the NCAA tournament experience and, uh, or ex- success yet. So hopefully uh, that can be next on the list, but Underwood's uh, done a great job rebuilding this program, getting it back to where it was, you know, 15 to 20 years ago. Yeah. And that's, that's probably an understatement, Brad. Um, you know, you've got, he's taken over a program um, through you know, the last three years, they've lost 10 games uh, twice and they've lost seven games. So they're back into single digits and you could argue with a couple injuries here or there, you know, they could have been into single digit losses three years in a row. That is a tremendous turnaround. And of course, if it wasn't for COVID, he would have a streak up to three years of NCAA uh, appearances in a row. And sometimes it does take a while. People forget that Coach K uh, had some struggles early in his career and, uh, you know, had his second and third season be losing seasons at Duke and then he took a lot of heat for his fourth and fifth year for only making the the round of 32 so you know you can take a look back and see what what coach Underwood has built and I think the the obviously he's the MVP for being the coach that's done it but I got to give a lot of credit to Josh Whitman for recognizing you need this stability to go into living rooms of stars and get them to come to Illinois. And that is really important. And finally, we've got an athletic director who's good. We've got a head basketball coach who's good. We've got a head football coach who's good. The last time that happened was Neil Stoner um, with Mike White and Lou Henson, and I was 13. So I'm all for doing this a lot more often. <laughs> trying to count his age, Larry. How, how old does that make Mike? We're trying to figure out, like, 107? Is that right? Yeah. I, don't know, something. Okay. I know. I, I got dizzy. It's why like, I'm going to move on because he, he threw I, I ran out of back. fingers. I ran out of fingers and toes, so I just had to go. Yeah, when, <laughs> when English said, teachers. When he said Bob Zupke, I just went, oh, boy, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, in the era of the transfer portal, too, guys, we should be prepared for more roster shakeups every spring than what we've seen in the past. And, and the biggest one was one that we thought was possible earlier this week point guard Andre Curbelo choosing to leave after two seasons. Um, what a tough sophomore year that he had. And, and obviously, Brad, we first and foremost, we wish him the best. Yeah, Andre Curbelo, always a great quote, great guy to interview. Uh, just a, a really good kid, great energy about him. Um, the biggest, you know, it's disappointing to see him, you know, have the injury with the uh, the concussion and going through that. And then, you know, a second concussion gosh all kinds of problems i mean the injuries the covid the you know ankles you name it this kid just had all kinds of injuries this year and he could never get untracked and didn't have the you know there was a lot of speculation preseason they had this kid after the way he finished 
um, his freshman year that this was a possible first team all or top, you know, first or second team, all American first team, all big 10 type player who doesn't, you know, just doesn't play up to that level um, in large part due to the injuries. But at the same time, you know, Illinois still wins the big 10 titles. That's why Brad Underwood got the, the money that we were just talking about in the last, in the last uh, discussion. Yeah. And, and if you go back and you listen to sturdy for 30, his podcast, where Brad had that exclusive interview with Brad Underwood, he talked about how the transfer portal was going to be a new challenge. And I think the transfer portal is part of the reason you see people like Roy Williams and some other coaches just kind of Pontius pilot it and say, Hey, I'm out of here because right now you've got a situation where how does, how does a team recruit their 2023s when when they don't even know what their roster is right now. And they've got AAU tournaments starting next week. That was one of Mike's oldest friends, Pontius Pilot, back in the day when he was a kid. I, I was big with the Roman governors. <laughs> Mike, Mike kept that. He still has that text from Pontius when he said he was transferring. He still has My, it on Mike, his phone. Micus <laughs> I didn't that didn't go well on checks because I had I didn't know how to chip it on those stone checks very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh Brad, Brad, what's the latest on uh Kofi Colburn? Consensus first team all American. Uh he's improved his game year after year, but still just doesn't get much love from the NBA. What's the what's his current uh situation? Yeah, it's hard with Kofi because he most guys who are first team all Americans, second team and then first team all American past two years are thinking I'm going pro and I, I think Kofi wants to go pro. There's no question, but when your feedback is that you, Hey, you might get a G league contract. Maybe you can get lucky and get a two-way deal. It's, it's gotta be disappointing. I mean, because his game just doesn't fit at the next level, but what he can do is come back to Illinois and make all kinds of money in, in NIL um, name, image, likeness. And we, you know, we've had the Illini guardians on our show and we've talked about that, that program, but, I mean, he's, he can make like big money, like more money at Illinois than he would make professionally. And so that's an opportunity for him to, to stick around. And he also become the leading scorer, leading rebounder, add some um, aspects to his game that may be um, in Illinois history, by the way, when I say leading scorer, leading rebounder and add some, maybe more parts to his game on the offensive end. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of things pulling him in both directions. You know, you get where he's at, but at the end of the day, I mean, He's got to make a decision a lot quicker this time. Um, it's going to be in the next uh, next three weeks. Uh, Kofi's got to decide whether or not he wants to be at Illinois or whether he wants to go take his chances and see where he ends up. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly that Illinois is the best probably financial uh, part of it with the NIL that's now available. Um, the issue that he has is will he have the discipline, and, and he's gotten better each year, but will he have the discipline to work on those things that not only will help the Illini next year, but will help him make that jump to the NBA? And, and so, you know, if you are his teammate, you've got to you've got to hope he gets better at firing the ball out of the lane when he's double or triple teamed. And it would be nice to see him, you know, force teams to spread out by hitting, you know, the occasional 15 foot jumper. Those are all skills that he can work on. And if he has the opportunity and he's successful, boy, he would do wonders for himself um, while getting 
some uh, proceeds from NIL. That's that's a good deal. Brad, you know, one name we haven't talked about is Jacob Grandison. Uh, he's already graduated, like, you know, last year. Uh, he does have a year of eligibility left, his COVID year, if he chooses. Um, you posted a couple of things on the IlliniGuys.com insider message boards that indicate that he may be waffling a bit on, on maybe staying. What's the latest with him? That's a, that's a factor we really hadn't considered when the season ended. The, the one thing about Grandy is he's got a – he is a kid that, you know, he's, he's older. Um, and he, he was set to move on, but man, it is so hard to see your career basically in via injury. Um, and he just wasn't healthy in the NCAA big 10 or NCAA tournament. He gets hurt. You know, he celebrates the, you know, big 10 championship and all that stuff, but doesn't really get to finish it on the court the way he wanted to. And I think for him, that was very disappointing. It's kind of opened his eyes to possibly coming back. I will say this. I think for, him to come back i think kofi has to come back because he really fits he makes kofi better and kofi makes him better those guys play so well together so i think if he's coming back i think that it would have to be with kofi back and um so if you, i think i don't think he's coming back if kofi's not back i don't think so so i don't think that would work i think he's leaning towards going on you know and, and illinois has got to make that decision he's got to make that decision what's the best for both parties Jacob, you know, he, he can go overseas and make money. I mean, he's a guy who he's got some, um, you know, he, he can get over there and he'll have a chance to play in some leagues and make some money. And, you know, Illinois could get a nice NIL package for him, but they got to kind of determine how they want to use that NIL money. Cause it's not unlimited, right? There's only so many, only so much, you know, I guess it's almost like a salary cap, right? I guess. I mean, there's only so many, so many people wanting to sponsor players uh, around the, uh, around the country. Yeah, so Illinois will have to add in the fact that, you know, you get to have a close relationship with Brad Sturdy, Kedrick Prince. Those are things that will keep people here. I think that's all, that will attract some five stars. We'll see what happens here uh, in, in the spring. Or drive them away one or the other. <laughs> drive them away, possibly. Set you up one way or the other. You're either the man or you're not the man. Yeah, uh, I know, but yeah. I do think Grandison, you know, he, he brings a lot to the table. Um and, and, you know, you can really understand how a player, you know, didn't get a shine the way they wanted to. It was a freak injury, a freak collision, and um, he was starting to play and, and, and really getting the groove out there and took him out of it. That's got to be tough to walk away under those circumstances. One question, uh, if Grandison stays, does he, does he take a scholarship away from somebody else? Yes. Yes, he would have to be on scholarship. Okay. So it's yeah. Um, they only had the one super senior year of COVID. Now that now they can stay, but they uh, have to show. It'd be like it'd be like if we were running the show, and one day our, our careers ended because you know we and we couldn't finish it healthy, you know. And so you can understand why that would be, you know, a broken microphone, broken headphones, something, you know, that really just couldn't let you finish. You wanted to. So, that's that's Mike after every show. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Just he gets angry after yeah. I make fun of him. He goes and smashes stuff. Exactly. Yep. The things I, I make it. Through, I make smash. it through with a. I make it through with a broken microphone because I care. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, uh, about this. I want to ask you with director of recruiting Kendrick Prince a bit later in the show. But let's talk about some possible additions to the roster. Two names in particular that are getting a lot of buzz right now: the five star prep guard sky clark and the texas tech transfer terrence shannon brad what can you tell us about these two 
Well, Sky Clark, obviously, he's a you know, really six foot three, big bodied, uh, you know, guard. He, he can, he's physical. He can get to the basket. He can shoot it. Really great field. Probably got the best handles in the class of 2020, 2022. I mean, just tremendous ball handler. Really can shoot it too. Um, knock on him is really the only knock is that he's coming off a torn ACL. Um, so he's from a year ago. And so he's not, has, isn't even a year out. But I would say he'll be at around 18 months when you start next season. So that's a good thing that gives him that. That's usually when you get back to 100% is around 18 months. And so I think that, you know, he'll, he'll be fine. He's just a really, really good guard. Illinois is obviously deep in the mix. He's got like Tennessee after him. He's got Illinois, Washington. There's quite a few teams uh, around the country. Um, and we'll see what he does. I think Illinois is in a really good position, though, with him. Uh, the other guy, you know, Terrence Shannon from Texas Tech. He'd been in college for three years. Illinois recruited him heavily. He was in that in that visit weekend when Illinois had you think about this in this little stretch in that class. You had Oscar Shibway on campus, EJ Liddell on campus, and Terrence Shannon on campus the same weekend. Not to mention you had Drew Timmy and Kofi Coburn also on campus that fall. So that's not a bad group of guys wow. they had come yeah. in in that in that in that that fall. So, but those three guys actually Liddell and Shibway and um, I think it was Liddell, Chibway, and Shannon all came on campus at the same time. And so, you know, they were all together. And, and you know, L.A. didn't get him that time. But, you know, he's always been kind of enamored being a Chicago kid. He's enamored maybe playing in Illinois. And so, Illinois is hoping they can land him because he's a really good fit for the current roster with his versatility, ability to play multiple positions. Yeah, and I just think of Terrence Shannon. You know, when you get a lineup out there where you would have Shannon – along with um, R.J. Melendez, Ty Rogers, and you've got uh, Coleman Hawkins out there. Um, holy cow, would that be a defensive nightmare? And I, I, I kind of go back and, you know, maybe throw Kofi in the middle of that you, and just for fun, just for, you know, nostalgia, maybe run Georgetown's 1-3-1 just for a couple possessions just to watch those wings just create havoc. But, um, you know, th- these are physically talented players. And Illinois is, is really going to, to get the players that has made life tough on them uh, with the Houston team this year in the NCAA tournament. So go get them, guys. we got about 30 seconds left. Uh, each one of you, give me your guesses on the starting lineup for the Illini next fall based on what you know right now. <laughs> that is so tough. I'll, I'll go with R.J. Melendez, Kofi Coburn, Coleman Hawkins and two players to be named. Later. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll go the same way because there's a couple players out there. We just have to see how they break. And of course the best way to do that is be a member of IlliniGuys.com where you can get onto <laughs> our message boards and you'll actually have a pretty good idea of who's coming. And um, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, you'll actually know uh, on Tuesday instead of the weekend. All right, guys, we'll leave it right there. That's a lot of news to be made here in this segment presented by Busey Bank. Stay with us. Much more to come on the Sports Spectacular. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships. Build community. 
and build your career at BC Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. I'm Kofi Coburn. When it comes to facing my opponents on the basketball court, psh, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, Kofi. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. The Sports Spectacular continues. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Let's uh, give kudos to one Kofi Colburn, who uh, has done it yet again. Another All-American team named to the wooden All-American team this uh, this week. Uh, the top 10 players in the country going on that team. So, Again, that consensus All-American status, um, you know, disappointing that he didn't make the, the finalist for the Wooden Award, the kind of year that Kofi had, but nonetheless, um, just fantastic, uh, another award for him. Yeah, he keeps racking him up over the past two years. Um, you know, he's just uh, such a dominant force in college basketball, you know, only guy with 20-plus and 10-plus. So, uh, you know, he definitely get, deserves all the accolades that he gets and uh, it, it's I, I agree with you though it's a little disappointing that he wasn't on that you know they had four finalists I think that there should have been five of them but you know it is what it is I think if Illinois had done maybe a little better you just never know yeah I just look at it you know guys like Luca Garza made the finalists and I don't know I guess I would go more that Kofi's earned it you know comparing stats head to head across years but um, it's it's still fantastic to have a two two time All American on the University of Illinois, and I've got my fingers crossed that maybe we'll have a three time All American at University of Illinois next year. Yeah, that would be uh, would be fantastic, um, Kofi. It's just the career he's had, unbelievable. That he's going to leave, be it this year or next year, as one of the all time greats, if not possibly even the all time greatest in terms of when he's when he's done, you know, one thing we haven't talked about that uh, with everything else going on, it looks like this year that unlike last year, Illinois won't lose any assistant coaches, right? Brad, everyone stay, everyone stay and put this. Yeah. So, so far, you know, talking to all of them, they all seem on board. Uh, unlike last year when they're flirting with uh, different jobs and, and, and took different jobs, all three of them. So three, uh, three assistant coaches taking us I do think that's really important. I think that's another testament to what Brad Underwood did this past year. When you consider losing all three assistants, putting together staff, winning the big 10 title with all the problems they had. But then this year, you hope you can go into this off season. And now you you're, it's easier to recruit in the portal because you at least know who your assistant coaches are going into the <laughs> off season. It's easier for the players to, cause they already know the guys that are, they're here. So I, I think that's a huge, huge difference this off season. Yeah, and, and I, I also think, you know, having them, having them all here for the offseason, just the consistency and, and, you know, for the players is, is going to be nice. And hopefully Kofi will wrap up his decision, decide to come back, and it won't be something that drags on uh, like it did last year, which was partially enabled by the COVID schedule. But, you know, stability and ability to go work those guys out as both individuals and a team will really be enhanced this season. I think, you know, Mike, that's a great point, Brad, how is this going to work this off season? When last year, as you mentioned two summers ago, because of COVID we had, you know, that class guys like Coleman Hawkins 
didn't get the benefit of a full summer workout. How does it work now where, you know, hopefully knock on wood, you're going to kind of know who your players are here in the next 30 days. Um, how does that change the dynamic of going into the offseason workouts in the summer and guys been together working out on their own um, as a unit as compared to what they had to go through the past couple of years? Yeah, you know, two years ago, they didn't have any summer things because of COVID, so they, they didn't get to have that. Last year, they had, remember, they were in a bubble um, the whole season. So they let them basically go home in the spring, you know, because they had been in a bubble the whole time. And then with the draft stuff, you know, guys like Kofi weren't on campus until mid-July. So it's totally different this year. It's more like it used to be normal. So they're going to go through spring workouts. Um, you know, all the coaches at the Final Four this weekend, it's a dead period. Their players are kind of enjoying themselves. But then coming back, they're going to work out through April. Then they do finals. They go home. They come back. You know, I think it'll be probably June 6th, somewhere around 5th, 6th, something like that. These guys will all be back on campus, including incoming freshmen. And they'll have, you know, six weeks here where they can really work, work camps, have these kids on campus and get an individual skill instruction and understanding systems and what the expectations are for the freshmen. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, is it's now a trickle down where you'll have full crowds and, you know, the bottom line is, is I'm kind of excited for the AAU season um, and you won't have some of the issues, you know, last year, you know, there were only so many people were allowed in the gyms, you know, and, and different things to, to make people a little bit safer. So I'm looking forward to, to good old fashioned AAU basketball. And of course the coaches will be out looking for uh, those prospective 2023s. And um, again, Illinois is one of those schools that kids want to play at. So that'll be exciting to see who they attract uh, based on what their roster looks like in the next six weeks or so. Yeah, and they've already got so many uh, young players. They've got excited about the Illinois program in this up-and-coming senior class, a class of 2023. Uh, a lot of local kids uh, in central Illinois and, and in the state of Illinois as well as across the country. So, yeah, they should know, know, have an idea at that point, like you said, in terms of who they've got uh, that they can work with coming up. Uh, we've got a lot more coming up here on the Sports Spectacular. Illini softball coach Tyra Perry recently celebrated a career milestone. She joins the fellas coming up next, talking about that and the start of Big Ten play right here on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. Welcome back to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. This is Illini Guy Mike Kegley, and I'm here with Illini Guy Brad Sturdy, and we have a special treat for everybody today. We have Tyra Perry, the head coach of the University of Illinois women's softball team, and she has just won uh, very recently her 600th game as a coach. Brad, that's pretty amazing. It is. You know, it's, it's funny. When you win 600 games, that means you're doing something right coach it also means maybe you're a little getting old too right that's what they always tell me when i when i get to get a milestone they say man you must be old and i said so we aren't going to go there with you but tell us what it felt like to win your 600th game 
Well, first of all, I had no idea. Um, I got a couple of <laughs> congratulations, coach. And I was like, for what? And, uh, you know, I, I kind of started to uh, check my phone and, you know, saw the graphic. And the first thing I said was, hey, can you guys crop this graphic a little bit? Like, you know, <laughs> you can see, uh, you know, see make me look slim or something like, you know, what can we do here? But uh, no, it's exciting. It takes a village. You know, there's been just a number of talented young women that have come, you know, uh, that I've had an opportunity to coach that have come through my different programs and I can't, you know, get to 600 without them. You, you guys have got off to a good start uh, this season. You played some tough competition, obviously, playing some SAC, SEC, ACC schools. Can you tell us a little bit about what have you learned about your team here in this non-conference portion of the, of the schedule to start off with? Well, the first weekend we played probably some of the best softball that I've you know seen uh, here, you know, and that's, that's saying a lot, you know, because there's been some really great softball played. Uh, since I've been here, um, but I saw some of the best to date. And uh, then we just kind of lost our footing a little bit. We had a couple of things happen, you know, that we had to kind of uh, push through. Uh, but even with that, we still had a great win that second weekend against Arkansas come from behind, just all the, you know, things that you want to see from your team. Um, and then, you know, from there, we took a break and, you know, just tried to get it started again. So, you know, we played some really amazing softball and then we played some, you know, kind of iffy softball. And I believe some of it is just us trying to find our rhythm and, you know, gain our identity after having, you know, the COVID stop in 2020 and the conference only in 2021. Yeah, that was, uh, was obviously last year was a weird year where you only played conference games. So, and of course now you head into big 10 play. How is it different this year than, than last year? Well, just nice having, you know, just a regular season, you know, it's always tough you know, 2020 was tough not playing, you know, a complete season, but no one was playing. But in 2021, you know, being one of the few conferences that was, you know, not playing a regular schedule, it was just something to kind of adapt to. And it was pretty tough watching other teams play while you're kind of sitting around. So uh, I think we had to just kind of deal with that. And we're still dealing with that in our minds. But, um, you know, that was last year. This is now. And, you know, conference play is right up on us. So it's time to focus and forget about the past and, you know, just look towards the future. You've got, um, you know, I, I'm a pitcher. So I was a pitcher, pitched, you know, played fast pitch forever. And so my thing is I love pitching. So you got a, you got a great number one out there. Sydney Sickles is just fantastic. Tell us a little bit about her and what makes her so special. I love Sydney. I love Sydney Sickles. She is, uh, and yes, I use the L word, love Sydney Sickles. She is just one <laughs> of the most mature, uh, well put together um, as far as just understanding who she is and what she's about and why she's here. Uh, just young women that you, you'll ever see. She works extremely hard. Um, our players love her. They play behind her. Um, you know, she's always taking notes and growing and, you know, trying to be the best that she can possibly be. So I wish nothing but the best for Sydney because, you know, she deserves it. Is there a, as you kind of go into this season, what is you had last year and it was a weird year and you mentioned that, but what's different about this team this year 
compared to last year that's going to kind of maybe can get you guys over the hump to where you want to be? I think our pitching has been, you know, doing a really good job. We're still, you know, giving up the long ball a little bit more than we would like. So we're, you know, working on different strategies to temper that. But like you said, we've also played, you know, several SEC, top ACC, top, um, you know, top teams that, you know, they have top hitters, you know, on their teams. So I think, you know, that going, you know, through that strenuous gauntlet, you know, of, of high level play, I believe is going to really make the difference for us. You know, when we get to conference and we're playing the same team, you know, uh, one game per day, three days, instead of five games in, you know, three days, I think uh, just those things are going to, you know, make the thing, make the, the whole goal of winning big 10. It's going to make it, you know, more achievable for us because we've been through such a tough uh, non-conference schedule. We, we focus a lot on, on our show on basketball, right? And they, and it's kind of in, in, in football, but basketball and football are kind of the ones that get a lot of the talk. But basketball coaches, they do a game prep. How, how weird is it, though, uh, it, for you guys? Because you might play the same team three days in a row, but you'll see a different pitcher every game. And then you're going to see a different, you know, you might have a different lineup. Somebody comes in off the bench and they're starting this game. How, how much how much does it change from like Friday to Saturday to Sunday when you're playing these weekend series? I think it's just weird for people because people see basketball. They say, oh, we get ready for one. Well, you got to get ready for three games and they got it ready. They, they can change from day to day. How difficult is that for your game prep? It's interesting, you know, because the weather here is unpredictable. So, you know, like I, I said, we're excited about playing the one game on Friday, you know, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. But there's been several series throughout my years here that we had to double up, you know, because the weather was poor. So, you know, instead of getting that single, 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 you were getting a double single or a single double, you know, and it was a lot of waiting around all day and multiple game time changes, you know, and those sorts of things. So. So it, you know, it's easier in one way to prepare for that one team. You're only watching film on one team. You're only talking scouting reports on one team. Uh, so you can really focus in, but they can also really focus in on you, you know? So, um, you know, it's like a, a back and forth there. And then I have a sister who is a first time coach, head coach at uh, Southern University in Baton Rouge, a, a SWAC school. And in the SWAC, they play each other six times three at home and three on the road. So that gave me a little perspective. I was like, Oh, we only have to play Minnesota three (laughs) times, you know, instead of the six, you know, I couldn't even imagine that. And then last year playing teams four times, you know, gave a little perspective. So, so we'll take the three all day. Um, (laughs) Even, you know, even though they get, they can prepare for us, but we can also prepare better for them. So, once you get to that Sunday game, you've probably seen the pictures. You've probably seen, is it just down to execution at that point? I mean, everybody knows everybody you've seen the pictures. They batted off this pitcher. It just becomes down to who can execute their game plan at that point. Absolutely. We try to, you know, have the model champions win on Sunday. Our championships are won on Sunday. So we kind of do different variations of that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, who is the toughest, who has the, you know, it's more mental, you know, who has the top mental game to where you can just, you know, kind of continue to, you know, push through 
even though all of the mystery is gone, you know, everybody really knows each other and you know your opponent, but they know you, but who's going to come out on top? As you kind of go through this, it's softball's a, you know, being a softball coach myself and I, I've seen the recruiting side of it, it becomes hard um, for, for to, you, you can't really, there's so much talent, I guess, nationally. You guys have connections with different places, but you guys have done a good job of getting a lot of Illinois kids, some, uh, local kids to come on campus. Um, is that kind of a goal? You want to get those local kids if possible? Oh, it's a major goal. You know, we've been uh, pretty excited about, you know, our kids from Kankakee and, you know, from the, from the burbs of Chicago, you know, we've had quite a few, you know, from that area. Um, a lot of our recruiting is also very regional. You know, we have kids from Ohio, uh, you know, kids from Kansas, you know, so a lot of, just a lot of Midwest feel flavor, you know, Indiana overall. So, you know, we have some West coast kids too, but we then we definitely had a market, you know, noticeable shift towards Midwest, most uh, specifically Illinois. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, people love that. It's a great, the homegrown story, right? So yes. uh, as you kind of, <laughs> as you kind of get ready for the, the big 10, what teams or are going to be probably the, the top teams in the league for you guys, they're going to have to get over the hump if you want to get up to the top of the league. Well, just, you know, traditionally Michigan has been one of the, you know, top teams. Uh, Coach Hutch has been in it for a really long time. And, um, you know, I just watched a kind of a documentary on Coach Hutch and learned, you know, even more about her journey and her story. And, um, you know, she's just a true pioneer and uh, has done so much just for women sports in general, let alone, you know, softball. You know, so her team is always, you know, competitive. And we actually don't have them in our regular season, you know, this year. Uh, but we may see them in the tournament. Um, Northwestern, our in-state rivals, you know, they're definitely always, it's always a bloodbath, you know, when we play them and we're always, you know, going right at them. They're coming right back at us. Our players know each other personally. They probably played on each other's high school teams or travel ball teams. So, so Northwestern's always, you know, a team that we have to kind of uh, make sure that we're ready for and set for. Um, traditionally, Ohio State has been up there you know, also, so, um, and Minnesota, you know, so those are, those are teams that we have to make sure that we're ready for. We don't play Ohio state, uh, this year, but we do play Minnesota. Yeah. And you know, Hutch has been around for a long time, so she's got to, you know, you got your 600 wins and you, now you got to go chase her and catch her one of these days, you know? So, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's been around for a while. I think I'm going to need her to retire if I'm going to try to catch her. <laughs> she doesn't look like she's going to slow down or stop at any anytime soon. So she doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, does it? She's just no. keeps rolling. Um, and I, I hope she doesn't. I love watching her coach. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, you know, in the Big Ten, I mean, it's really become a conference that has started it's really gotten more respect as a softball conference over the you know past like 10 years or so it's really become a conference where you're getting three or four bids and five bids into the NCAA tournament so that's got to be got to make you feel good about where they're where you're on the path you're on absolutely uh, my first few years we I think there were four bids or so and then we came in and, and uh added five six you know so you know we um are very serious about, you know, returning, you know, to that status and maintaining it, 
you know, I think, um, you know, COVID kind of shook us up just a little bit, but that's again, in the past, hopefully we've learned for, from it and it's made us stronger and love the game, you know, enough to give our all to give a run at a big 10 championship to put ourselves in a position for, you know, NCAA postseason play. Uh, that's our goal. And we talk about it every single day. You guys have a new, also have some new facilities um, that are kind of your, you got to be excited about. Can you tell us about those? Yes. Uh, we have the, you know, Martin training center that's coming our way. Um, Alice Martin and her family and her Rex and her daughters have been so generous to make a, a donation towards that particular project. Um, this is the Midwest. There's a lot of snow, a lot of wind, a lot of rain. So, you know, <laughs> We're so happy to have a facility that's, you know, two steps away from our, you know, from Eichelberger, you know, right near our clubhouse that we can train in year round and um, that we don't have to go across the, the street, you know, quite as much to the football indoor, even though they've been, you know, excellent over there. It's nice to have your own space. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I, I really, uh, I would say the one thing I, I got to say is that we're, we're excited for it to stop raining and for the uh, and, and snowing and all that stuff. So we can see you guys on the diamond this spring. Feel like, uh, you know, you got a chance to have a fun spring and we just got to get to get through this bad weather here. I agree. Uh, we were really bummed that we didn't get to play SIUE yesterday and we're hoping to reschedule them and their coach seems to be ready to do that. But uh, we were ready to play on Tuesday, and it's it was tough not having the opportunity to play. All right, and I, I got to give you so I'm going to give you some scout a scouting tip here. Okay, so I was at a, I was at a coaching clinic in Chicago, and the Drohan sisters, right Northwestern, right, and they told right. us they always leave early when they steal, and they want to force the umpire to make call them out. So now you got this, you can just use that. Tell the umpires they're going to leave early. They even told a. They told her, the coaches they were leaving early. So there you go. There you go. I, there's my help. I appreciate that. We've been making that <laughs> argument for a while. We even have video clips to collaborate, to cooperate with your story. So um, I think, uh, I think the Joans are great coaches and, and, you know, I understand why they push yeah. that on. So hopefully we play them here this year. So hopefully we can, we can get that call. Hey, if you get one call, I'm going to be on Twitter. I'm going to be telling people, I helped with that. So that's going to be my, it's going to be my claim to fame. So maybe I'll be famous then. So I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Hey, thanks coach. Really appreciate you coming on and joining us. We're very excited to see the sophomore program. Really uh, appreciate the job you've done so far. And um, we're, we're excited to see what the future holds. Thank you. I'm, I'm always so thankful. I am always so thankful when you guys think of us. Uh, and think of softball and uh, give us an opportunity to have a voice and a platform uh, to promote the sport. So thank you so much. And I can hear and feel your passion for softball. So I really appreciate that as well. No. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Thank you. Stay tuned, folks. The Illini Guys Sports Spectacular will return in just a moment. And we can talk a little bit about when Brad sent me a postcard for me eating my 10,000th pizza, and there was no way we could make the picture any slimmer. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. I'm DeMonte Williams. When it comes to hustling on the court, that's easy. 
You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, Demonte. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare.